Yes. Well, he's risen. He's risen indeed. You know, the first time when I heard that, somebody came to me, he's risen. I said, yeah. I didn't know I had to say he's risen indeed. <laughs> but, you know, he's risen. And I will say in Spanish, el vive, el vive, definitivamente el vive. There you go. El vive, there you go. I, I am so happy, you know, like how God has been working through our life, through our church. And, uh, and this is, is, a, is a special moment. And we've been talking the last couple of days about what had just happened. And, and what happened in the life of Peter, what happened with, with Jesus dying on the cross. And we agreed that the last week of Jesus was very intense. There was a lot of stuff going on. But at the same time, we raised this question to ourselves. Sometimes when we go through difficulties, and, and it's like, what happened? It was a beautiful day. And all of a sudden, before you go to bed, you get the phone call. And like, oh my goodness, what just happened? And it seems like a bad news can ruin the rest of the day or whatever you had planned. And let's be honest, that really sucks. <laughs> you know, when you, you, had really, you had a really good day and then boom, bad news. And for the disciples, that's how it felt. Jesus coming, all, the, all of a sudden he get arrested and then he get punished. He get uh, hit so bad, he ended up in the cross. And for the disciples and the followers of Jesus, what had just happened? My teacher, my savior, the, the, my Messiah, just die. This is not supposed to happen. And then seeing Jesus on the cross, this picture of him dying on the cross, they're like, this is not supposed to happen. Now, today, you and I know what it happened. But put in the shoes on the sandals of the disciples. <laughs> you know, like they didn't know. And probably they didn't remember what Jesus said in Mark 8. Jesus began to tell them that the Son of Man must suffer many terrible things and be rejected by the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He will be killed, but three days later he will rise from the dead. That was in the middle when Peter said, no, that's not going to happen. And Jesus rebuked Peter. You know, like if I come to you and I say, you know what? Tomorrow is going to be an awful day. And you're going to have an awful, awful day. You say, oh, shut up. <laughs> Don't say that. But that's <laughs> Sunday's coming. Don't say that. Like, you know, like, don't talk to me that way. You want to say something that is it's going to be good. Don't go with that uh, voice, tone of voice. Don't go like that to face a situation. That's what we said. And that's what Peter was trying to say to Jesus. And Jesus says, no, you don't understand. You don't get the big picture. Jesus died on a Friday. They buried him. And Saturday is a day of silence, of confusion. At the same time, Saturday was Sabbath. So it's not like they can go to the mall and figure it out or like what is going to happen or go to the street and talk to people. What is just happened? Try to figure it out. What happened 24 hours? The picture they had for 24 hours was that Jesus dying, my Savior dying on the cross. 
What had just happened? What had just happened? Silence. And there's an awkward silence, and there's a sacred silence. An awkward silence when you're trying to talk to someone, or maybe you went for a date and you have no conversation. That is awkward. You know, like, uh, and you look at each other, and it's like, uh, what should we talk? No, that is awkward. But a sacred silence is when you're praying, you stop, and you stop and being quiet just to listen what Jesus, God, wants to talk to you. There's something sacred about that when you allow the Holy Spirit to, to speak to your life. But this time was a silence of confusion. I don't know what to do. Have you ever been in a situation that you have to make a decision? You need to know what is next, but you don't know? You know by tomorrow you have to make a, a choice, either left or right, but you don't know what to do. And people say, come on, hurry up. Hurry up, make the decision. And you're like, I don't know what to do. And some of us, we will panic. We will have anxiety coming in. We will not know what to do. And it's a little bit similar what happened to the disciple. The, the cross is not the end work of Jesus. It was the beginning. For the disciples, seeing Jesus died on the cross, it's like, why this happened? We were just celebrating that he was coming to Jerusalem. He was healing people. He was very popular. It seems like everyone loved Jesus. And now he's on the cross, hurt and dead. We celebrate today the work of the cross. For you and I, we know what it means, the work of the cross. That means that our sins are washed away and for the, by the blood of Jesus. But the disciples at, the, at that time, they, they, they didn't know. They, they see that um, uh, something completely different. The foundation of the church or Christianity is not based on the cross, but rather based on the resurrection of Jesus. Anyone... Anyone can die on a cross. Not just anyone can rose again on the third day. Jesus died on the cross, and everyone's like, this is over. Party's over. We don't know what to do now. Who, who's we going to follow? What is going to happen? And this is why the Christianity is not about gathering together in a building, in church, and all this. Christianity foundation is on the resurrection of Jesus. And that's what we believe. We don't believe just in a healer. We don't believe that God just can help us, even though we know he can do that. We believe he rose from the dead and he's alive with us in every circumstances we're going through. Everything. So it doesn't matter if we struggle. doesn't matter if we, we're going through some difficulties. It doesn't matter... Uh, our challenges we go experience in life, we know Jesus is with us. That's the foundation of Christianity. 
And that's why the disciple, after Jesus rose from the dead, ministered the church and everyone, not a base, oh, Jesus died on the cross, because at the time, everyone knew that dying on the cross is shame, is guilty. Something you did so bad that you deserve to die on the cross. But when they knew that Jesus rose from the dead, as he predicted, I'm going to suffer a little, but I'm going to come after three days. It wasn't that process of confusion. Jesus rose from the dead. He's alive. In Luke 24, I, I want to pick it up in verse 13. The same day, two of Jesus' followers, we don't know. It's not the part of the disciple. Today, uh, the Jesus followers were walking to the village of Emmaus. I hopefully say that right. Seven miles from Jerusalem. As they were walking along, they were talking about everything that, that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you're walking along? They stopped short, sadness reading across their face. And then one of them, Cleopas, replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about the, all these things that have happened and, uh, there the last few days. What things, Jesus asked. The thing that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they say, was a prophet who did, him, who did powerful miracles, and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leader, our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. We had hope. He, has, he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. I told you, the disciples were confused. The disciples didn't know what to happen. It's possible being a follower of Jesus and being confused. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I bet you sometimes you and I don't know what to do. We, we, it's like somebody... I was in the school time, and I got into a fight. And uh, never fight at school is not good. That's not, not what I'm saying. But I'm saying I got into a fight, and I'm there fighting. And one guy slapped me so hard in my head. And I, I was like, ooh, this feels funny. And I, I, and, and I didn't fail, and I, I, and I remember like, okay, I need to stop. And I, and I couldn't make a step. I didn't know if I should sit down. I throw another punch. I didn't hit the guy because I see like three guys. <laughs> I won. That's all you need to know. <laughs> but it hurts. <laughs> but confusion. Confusion happened to all of us. And sometimes we're asking God, can you lead me? God, you know, you say you're going to walk with me, but this disciple couldn't recognize Jesus. He couldn't recognize the, the, the mark or, or, or the, the nails in his hands. They're talking to him, but he couldn't recognize him. Jesus is like, what are you worried? What, what are these things that you're talking about? And you know that this, this disciple are going away from Jerusalem. 
probably going back to what they knew. And when we step and we hit that wall and we, we want to give up on faith, we want to give up because we have tried so hard, we want to give up because we have tried in our own life so hard, do you know what we do? We, our tendency is to go back to what we knew. And most of the time to go back means to go back to our addictions, to go back to our problems, to our old behaviors, to become angry again. Angry to someone, angry to God, angry to something. I, to numb a feeling by drinking, by uh, smoking, by drugs, or, or just running away. Maybe go back to depressions and, and say, like, nobody cares, I'm alone. That's our tendency. We just want to go back because Jesus is dead. Therefore, there's no hope. There's no hope for the future. That's what the disciple knew at the time. And that's why we gather today. And this is why it's so important to understand that he is risen. Because now we have a whole world full of hope. We know we can move forward. And we know that Christianity is now about being perfect. But know that I can rely on God and hold his hand. And we can walk together. I'm not going back. I said to some friends, I'm not going back, not even to gain some speed. I'm not going back. Because I know for me what it means to go back. But maybe you know better what for you what means to go back. It is possible to move forward, yes. It is possible. By recognizing who Jesus is. His resurrection of Jesus is a manifestation of healing. It's a manifestation of hope. It's a manifestation of freedom and deliverance. You know, this is why we talk so much about his reason and we celebrate and we should be happy and excited now with the lemon face. Like, you know, every suck on a lemon. <laughs> you know, that face, don't ever do that face at church. I will call it out. <laughs> but that's why we are so excited about being here. His race is not just, oh, God can kill me with my problem. Oh, God just can kill me with my addiction. Oh, God can kill me for my illness. It's not just that. And God can do all that. Don't get me wrong. The most important thing is that God has saved you for my eternity. Of pain and suffering. That is the most important. That's why Jesus died for you and I in the cross. Now, the benefit of salvation is that He can heal us, He can take care of us. And we come in His name, we proclaim. That's what we, we were just saying about proclaiming His name is power. And we declare that over our anxiety or depression and all that because we believe. What Jesus is, is a miracle worker, is a way maker. We sing about it and we believe that with all our hands, but based on what? On the power of the resurrection. The power of the resurrection. Paul used to say in Philippians 4.13, I can do everything through Christ. 
I can do everything through Christ who give me strength. Everything through Christ who give me strength. What it means, everything. <laughs> everything. <laughs> That's most silly things you can be thinking, but also the most difficult things you can work in. When you receive Jesus in your heart, the power of Jesus is living in you. You've been sealed with the Holy Spirit in your life. Some people ask me, Pastor, can you, can you pray for, for this? You, you have more authority. I say, no, no, no. The same power who lives in me, it lives in you. Remember this. The same power who lives in me, it lives in you. It's not that I'm closer to God than you. We are the same way. The same way. And you have the power of the resurrection living in you, going through your veins. So you have to stand out and proclaim the authority of Jesus in your life. The authority of the resurrection in your life. And proclaim over situations in your life, in, in your marriage, in your friends, in every situation. It's not that I'm better than you, I'm holier. Nuh-uh. <laughs> you don't know. I'm not. Uh, I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit. Uh, you look more like a cathedral. You know, like, <laughs> I, I, I'm not saying that I have more Holy Spirit in me than you. I'm not saying that. You and I, we've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. Jesus living in us. And when you have received Jesus, doesn't matter if you've been a Christian for 30 years or one day or one minute. When you receive and you repent from your sins and you come to Jesus, the power of Jesus is living in you. And that makes you my brother. That makes you my sister. And we can walk together. And we, you can, can walk with authority and say, I lead Jesus in living in me. Therefore, I can do everything in Christ. You can walk through the valley of the shadow and death. And sometimes you might feel, like I always say, you might feel like you're camping in the valley of the shadow and death. You think, God, when this is going to stop? Can you just take me out from here? Do you know that I don't have more strength to keep fighting? That's the point. I don't have more strength to keep fighting. But he has everything that we need for to continue going. Don't rely on your own strength. Don't rely on what you can do. That's the problem sometimes with churches and myself. We stand up here. We go through a situation for what I can do, what I can give you, Jesus. All I can give you is my life. And here I am. God, just use me. I remember praying when I became a Christian. And I said, God, I want more of you and less of me. It's more time, it's more about me. I messed it up. I missed the point. I missed the point. And you know, I know for some of you, the last couple of days and the last couple of hours, the last couple of months, it's been very, very difficult. I get it. I get it. I don't want to build a false hope. 
I want you to understand that you need to put your hope, not in me, not in the church, not somebody who we think is more spiritual. No, 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 no. We need to put our hope in Jesus. In Jesus. In Jesus. It's not about a denomination. It's not about a song. It's not about what Bible you read, what version you read. I know about who you listen. No, no, it's not about that. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus living in your life. Jesus walking with you. Jesus going through the process of life. Jesus. We proclaim the name of Jesus. Before Paul say, I can do everything in, uh, in Christ who strengthened me, Philippians 3, he's telling to the church, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to experience that power, Paul's saying. I want to suffer with him. Uh, well, that's Paul. Good for you, Paul. <laughs> I want to share his death so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. I will experience the resurrection. You know, experience the power of Jesus working on us is not something that we, we say, you know what, that's for them. They've been praying longer than me. <laughs> You're so wrong. You're so wrong. That's why we stand up and proclaim the name of Jesus. We proclaim the power of Jesus in our life. And church, it's not about... Um, we're going to hold hands and sing Kumbaya together and, you know, like, and, and see what happened. Church is about having authority of Jesus. So when you go to work, when you, when you, when you go to, 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 to a hospital, visit a friend, when a friend's calling you, hey, help me, I need help. Can you help me? Can you pray? Can you send a prayer request? Oh, I'm going to talk to Pastor Jorge. He's way more spiritual. You should see him, how he walk. Don't do that. Don't do that. Remember the same power who lives in me lives in you. Therefore, you have authority in the name of Jesus. When you say, in the name of Jesus, I will pray and I will break every stronghold. In the name of Jesus, you're proclaiming you proclaim it the word of God over situ situation. What are you proclaiming? Salvation. What are you proclaiming? The power of the resurrection over every situation in your life. And we submit our will to God. It's not what I want. In the end, it's come what He wants in our life. This is why it's so important when we, we sing about speaking the name of Jesus. We don't speak the name of a denomination. We don't speak the name of a, a, just a Bible verse. We speak the name of Jesus over our depressions, our problem. Why? Because it gives hope. Why? Because it reminds us that we are not alone. Why? Because it brings freedom. Why? Because it brings healing. Why? Because it will liberate us from what we're going through. 
You know, the world can be falling apart, but we can be here. Remember, this, this now we don't gather because it's what we do on Sunday at 10 in the morning. We gather here because we remember what he did on the cross. It's not just about singing hymns and reading the war and go back home and uh, check the box of church, check and done, now ready for next Sunday. It's about experiencing the power of Jesus in our life. The prophet Ezekiel is having these pictures, this vision of a valley full of bones, dry bones. And the Spirit of God came to Ezekiel and said, can you prophesy over this bone? Can, you, can these bones come alive? <laughs> and Ezekiel said, well, I don't know. You know. You know. And Ezekiel 37, 4, something really could happen. Ezekiel 37, 4 say, then he said to me, prophesy to this bone and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Dry bones, hear of the word of the Lord. I will tell you today, you can prophesy over the situation you're going through. You can prophesy the name of Jesus. Jesus in my marriage. Jesus in my kids. Jesus over my addiction. You keep fighting over your addiction. You don't know how to get rid of it. Keep proclaiming the name of Jesus. You keep fighting. You know you've been healed. You've been uh, 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 sick. And you know, keep fighting. You're running out of the strength. And maybe the truth is, maybe you're not going to heal. That's the truth. But you keep proclaiming the name of Jesus. You keep holding on. But when you proclaim the name of, of Jesus over your life, you're going to experience freedom. You're going to experience freedom in your life. You keep fighting. Maybe you keep failing, but you keep fighting. Why? Because in the name of Jesus, there is hope. You can prophesy. Now, I don't need to be a prophet to say these words and, and have this vision. Today, the power, I don't know if you get this part. But the power of the resurrection lives in you. That's why we say he's risen. That's why we, we come today to church to remember that two, three days ago he was dead and he died for our sin. But today he say he's risen. That means he's living in us. So the authority of Jesus is in us. And we can speak his name. What do you need to speak to? What are you going through today? Maybe you don't want to say it to me. Maybe you're thinking about it. I want to give up this. I want to give up my addiction. I want to give up porn. I want to give up alcohol. I want to give up drugs. I want to give up my depression. I want to give up my anxiety. I, maybe you're saying, I'm, you know what, Jorge? I don't have those problems. I'm just tired. I don't want to keep fighting. I, I don't want to keep. I don't. I don't want to keep going. I, I'm having these thoughts in my head. I just want to give up. I'm done. And I go back what the prophets say. Can you speak that these dry bones will will live? <laughs> you will see. 
So can you speak the name of Jesus over the situation of your life? What is it? Is your business? Is your work? Is your life? Is your marriage? Is your kid? Is your friend? Whatever it is, there's no limit to say, I will speak the name of Jesus in my family. In his name, there is power. I want to invite you to stand up with me. And just stand up. We're going to pray. And as the, as the worship is going to come, I want to ask you, as you're standing up, do you think in your family, maybe you think in your, in your own life, whatever it is that you're going through, start to speak the name of Jesus. You say, Jesus, in your name, f fill the blank. Maybe you want to say it out loud. You want to say, my marriage is falling apart. In your name, I pray you give us the power. Maybe you're going through illness and sickness through a long, long time. Just proclaim the name of Jesus. So Jesus, we come together as a church. We just want to proclaim your name. We want to proclaim you are risen. You are with us. You're walking, working in our life. We thank you that, that your power is living on us. So in your name, we pray you can fall fresh on us. And we want to speak your name over every situation we're going through. God, if it's addictions, if there's problems, it's illness, mental health, whatever it is, God, we pray that your power will manifest over those dry bones. God, you have dressed us with authority. Not just any authority. It's just the power of the resur resurrection living on us. God, we prophesy over our church that our church will not be dry bones. That our church will be fully alive with your presence. God, we don't want to go back to re-experience what happened 10, 20 years ago at one point in our life. We want to look forward what you have for us. We have so excited what you're going to do with us. So God, we prophesy revival over our church. We prophesy revival over our family. We prophesy you will move in the midst of chaos. We prophesy you will move when, when nothing seems clear. You will sow your light. Because in your name there is power. There is power of the darkness. There is power over, over, over sickness. We love you, Jesus. And we honor you for who you are. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen.